Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome, everybody, to Believe in Chargers. We got the bye week edition. It's been a little bit since Chargers football now as they get ready to square off against the Atlanta Falcons. I'm joined by Lorenzo Neal. It's been a crazy season so far. Some ups, a little bit more downs, but here's the deal the Chargers are four and three heading into the second half of the season Lorenzo Neal how have you been my man one word legendary I feel amazing brother even though the sun still comes up sometimes we get a little bad weather some rain which we need the sun will come out tomorrow like Annie tomorrow tomorrow I'll let you tomorrow <laughs> um, and I think people are still going to love the Chargers and you're still going to love them because it's your team they're like kind of like the weather it's good bad and different but you still stay with it and stay loyal I think the NFL itself has been turned upside down. You look at the parody that's in the National Football League. Barna, it's been amazing. And you think about the teams. If you think about, if I gave you the four tough best teams, you'd probably say Philly. You'll look at, you look at. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks. Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Freaking a team like Buffalo. You look at Kansas City. You'll probably throw, you know, the Minnesota Vikings in there. And maybe the Cowboys. And after you go there, who do you have? Is it Seattle? Is it the Niners? Is it the Chargers? Who is after after you get through that tier of teams, those top four that I just talked about, the NFL is so much parody and there's no there's no clear decisive picture. What's the dominant teams? It's awesome. I think it's awesome that no one really knows who is going to be the Super Bowl champion right on paper. Right now, it looks like it's Buffalo, but you know how the National Football League works. It can be truly anybody. We got to talk about the Chargers, everybody. It has been. Let's be frank. It's been a very frustrating year. For these Chargers, listen, they are at four and three, but they've been playing like a bottom five, potentially bottom 10 team in the National Football League. However, this team and this business is results based oriented. And at the end of the day, the Chargers are above 500. They still have everything right in front of them. But they're at this bye week, Lorenzo. And and the story of this franchise, not just this year, over the last decade plus has been injuries. And, And it has continued to plague them. This year as well, we've seen Keenan Allen. He's played four quarters so far this year. That hamstring injury, they look like they brought him back too early. He's still yet to be determined to play this week. In Atlanta, Mike Williams is out for a month. Bose has been out for a month. Slater's out for a year. Justin Herbert doesn't want to throw the ball more than 15 yards because his rib injury. And it goes on and on and on. But somehow they're four and three. Lorenzo, I mean, what are your thoughts so far on, on, on this Chargers team? Let, let's start on the offensive side of the ball. They were top five offensive team last year. Now they're kind of down in the pack league average. A lot of check downs, a lot of questionable play calling. You know, we can talk about Justin Herbert first and his criticisms warranted. But what are your thoughts on just the, the, the general state of the offense and why it's been a, a, a frustrating watch? Uh, because there's no consistency and there's no rhythm and there's no there's no flow. And flow just means, you know, people say, hey, look, what are your identity? It's okay if you're going to throw the ball, but show me some consistency. Show me some sustainability throwing the ball. 
If you're going to be a team that's going to throw the ball the majority of the time, let me see you get in a rhythm. Let's see. Let's see you move the chains on a consistent basis. If you're a team, if you're freaking the Tennessee Titans, you know you're going to run behind Derrick Henry, and this is what you're going to do. You're going to run it, but you're going to play. You're going to play complementary football. You're going to run the ball. You're going to get four yards in a cloud of dust. You're going to keep moving the chains, but you have you know your identity. Good, bad, or indifferent. At least you know your identity. Sure. With the Chargers, they don't have an identity. You throw the ball, yeah, you're throwing it all over the field. But it's not your identity because you're when you have identity, you're successful in your identity. You, you see what I'm saying? So when you when you are a team that have some identity and you say, look, we're identity. We're not trying. They're trying to get an identity, but they're not good throwing the ball. They're not good running the ball. They're not consistent. So when you think about who they are right now, that's the frustration with the Chargers. You said, what's going on? The offense hasn't shown you that it can sustain. And it can be consistent. And I don't think there's some superstars without Keenan. I don't think offense has superstars on it right now. The, the, everybody, again, we're, we're going to get into this. Thanks for chiming in to believe in charge with Lorenzo Neal and Borna Zara. Remember, this is brought to you by betonline.ag, your number one source for all betting needs. It's not too late to have some picks for this week in the National Football League and for the rest of the NFL season. I remember Lorenzo Neal was adamant that the Buffalo Bills would not lose more than two games. Well, that bet on Bet Online is looking a little bit juicier every week. The Bills get a W in the column. So everyone, go to bet, uh, go to betonline.ag, use code believe, B-L-E-A-V, and get $50 off your welcome bonus believe. Here's the situation. Here's how I analyze Lorenzo Neal. Good offenses in the National Football League. It's called third down, all right? It's a money down. It's a money time. It's a time to be alive. And when you look at the Chargers last year, they converted 65% of their third downs with three or fewer yards to gain. We take a look at this year, the conversion rate has dwindled just to slightly above 50%. You're telling me third and three. With this high-potent offense, they're only converting that half of the time, right? That's not good. And this offense has no, as you said, consistency, right? And where do we point the finger? That's going to be the biggest question. The easy scapegoat here is Joe Lombardi. But I think, and I know, that I think it's time, Lorenzo, to start criticizing Justin Herbert a little bit too. And I think a part of it is because of Joe Lombardi. I think a part of it is not allowing Herbert to get into a rhythm. Herbert's a rhythm quarterback. He gets one completion. It's going to lead to his second, his third, his fourth. But if you have a lot of broken up plays, it's tough for him to get into a rhythm. But now you look at Justin Herbert. A lot of people are questioning, is he, is he taking too long with his progressions? Is he worried about the rib, which is why he's not standing in the pocket too long and just checking it down every time? You remember that Broncos win Lorenzo Neal? He threw the ball like 60 times for like 230 yards. That's a stat line you never see. So how much of this do you peg on Lombardi? How much of it do you peg on Herbert? How much of it do you peg on the line? And how much do you peg on it on the injury? Or is it just kind of everything mashed up together is creating an issue? I think you blame it on the latter. Like you said, it's everything. It's mush it all in. You said, what do you do? You mush it all in. You talked about it's Herbert. You talked about it's Lombardi. You talked about it's the offensive line. You talked about all those things. And yes, you have to mush those all in. When you make a cake, if you don't have the eggs, you don't put the butter and the water and all those different things, that's how you make a cake. And they all, you got to say, all of them play their own part. The batter plays its part. The egg plays its part. The water, they all have a part in this. And we think about Joel Lombardi, the inconsistency of the calling. It says, okay, what are we doing? You see it sometimes. I think Joe Lombardi's in a tough spot because Kalesko, you know, head coach says, let's go for it. 
So I think when you look at the head coach, even in this offense, and because he's not happy necessarily with his defense, they got they got lucky and beat Cleveland. He didn't believe in a defense, so he decided to keep the ball in his hand. And then at times you're like, man, though this time he punts, though that time he kicked, this time he goes for it. Where's the consistency? See, I think you even starting to waver at the top position because of the fact you don't trust your defense because of the fact you have a lot of injuries. So now the offense has become inconsistent. The offense sometimes says, okay, we're going for it. But then you go and then you're in another situation and you don't go for it. So it's like, how do we feel today? How do I feel today? Which way am I going today with the weather? So I think the inconsistency of the whole of the whole process is flawed. And yes, Herbert has to take some of the blame. At he times he seems sporadic in the pocket. He seems uncomfortable in the pocket. He seems like he doesn't know where he wants to go with the ball. He's got happy feet sometimes in the pocket. At times when there's no pocket, he sees ghosts. And at times when he when he has to run, he needs to get out of there. I get it. But there's times he's in the pocket. And he just gets rid of the ball instead of going through his progressions. But low, because he's afraid that the offensive line's not there. But low, how can you blame the kid? I mean, the, the the pass protection has been so much worse, right? He's been pressured on 36% of his dropbacks this season. That's top five in the National Football League. And the trend is even worse on third down, right? Think about this. Last year in 2021, Justin Herbert was pressured on 31% of his third down dropbacks. In 2022, pressured on 45% of his dropbacks on third down. Think about that. Every third down, every other third down play, he's got a million dudes in his face, right? So it's 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 tough to analyze where that blame is, number one. Number two, why are all those guys in his face, Lawrence O'Neal? It's because the Chargers can't run the ball. They can't run the ball. And this was your point. You mentioned this at the beginning of the year. You said, Borna, the key to all these great teams in the NFL, can they establish the run? You look at Kansas City with Isaiah Pacheco, Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, run, 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 sets up Mahomes play action to Kelsey. Good night, Charlie Brown. You take a look at Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills, Singletary, and then they just traded for Naheem Hines. Run, 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 Stephon Diggs. How do you do? But it's all set up because of the run versus the Chargers. You can't effectively have Justin Herbert getting in a roll when Austin Eckler's gaining one yard on first down. Michelle's gaining one yard on second down and you're in a third and long situation. Notice Kansas City and Buffalo. It's always second and three. It's always second and four with the Chargers. It's second and it's second and nine. Then you have a holding penalty. Then it's third and 18. And then it's good night in the wrong way. So those are two reasons where I think why it's led to Justin Herbert's regression. But criticizing him, I guess, but the rib injury as well, Lorenzo, you can totally see that his game is completely different after that week two massacre in Kansas City with his ribs. Listen, he's been dealing with this injury to some degree for the remainder of the season. And I think mentally it, it takes a toll on Justin Herbert, right? Because how many more shots can Herbert avoid? I mean, can can he absorb, excuse me, with, with this injury, right? And yeah, yeah. By, the, by, the, by the time he returns against Atlanta, it's going to be two months, but this is something that, that lingers throughout the whole season, right? So then what do you do? You have a veteran quarterback that you believe in, a guy that's got 14, 15 years in the league. He understands what's to go with the ball, where to go with the ball. He's good at getting out of trouble. You should have not, not saying now, but then maybe you should have played him earlier because you now Justin have. Herbert, you should have went with him. And I, we talked about that because you go with a veteran guy who can hold it down, who's going to get the ball out of his hand, who can move, create it in the pocket who can roll out, still do a lot of things for you, you should have went with him and let Justin Herbert get well, get, get healthy. But now you decided to go this and you're still in it. So how do you how do you press the reset? I think we can go and we can continue to talk about all the things that they're not doing and things that you say, wow, we're reason for concern. 
But bottom line, Borna, like you said, they're four and three. And take a look at this, guys. Where did the team spend so much money in the offseason? It's on the other side of the ball, which has been a big problem. The Chargers spent heavily on their defense this past offseason. I mean heavily. You know, headlined by J.C. Jackson. They sent away draft capital to get Khalil Mack. They signed guys like Kyle Van Noy. They beefed up the interior defensive line with Sebastian Joseph Day, Austin Johnson. And all of that has led to the Chargers being the 17th best defense in the National Football and they have had they have a defensive head coach who got all of his guys he's wanted in his scheme. And listen, the biggest issue with this unit is they are continuing to allow the explosive plates, all right? Both against the run and the pass. The Chargers have given up the sixth most explosive plays out of any defense in football with 55. 37 passes, 18 rushes. Listen, the Chargers made it a goal to improve their run defense. And those guys have played well in Joseph Day and Austin Johnson. But the Chargers' run defense is still 25th in the National Football League versus not 30th good. last year. They're not good. They're not good. And, I'm just... and, and, and is that a Staley thing? Is that just at this point, is it like, is it is it Staley's scheme? Like, it, low, this is not a capacity issue. They're just not good. And you're going with the four down lineman. You're going with four down. So you're supposed to be built to stop the run. When you go anytime you say I'm going to go four down, you got to be able to stop the run in the trenches. They haven't been able to do that. And you look at Cleo Mack, poor Cleo Mack. We're not having Bosa. It really hurt him because now they're turning Kills to him, him. they're sliding to him. And he's and you got to realize he's going to wear down. He's not a young chicken. You're asking now you're asking too much of him. Because if you look at the way he started, he started off on fire. The guy now it's like, okay, let's double him, let's get a running back on him, let's chip him. But Cleo Mack's played well to me in my in my assessment. He's had some, you know, some. Some some pretty good games, but now you look at a four down. When you're playing four down, it means you still got three backers. How do you? How, what does that look like? You're supposed to have a guy that playing that one technique that's going to be between the center and the guard, and he's with between the center and the guard. That person pulls a hold the point. Boom! He holds the center and he grabs the guard. So you're able to hold them so those guys can't scoop block. Scoop block means that the center and the guard scoops up to the middle linebacker. See that center pulls to be at the point of attack that nose guard. He does not pose to necessarily make tackles. He's there to keep the linebacker clean. So whatever side he's on, that shade, he's supposed to be a space eater to take up two guys. The great Jamal, who got retired, his jersey, got went in the wing of honor two weeks ago, you know, that game, Jamal Williams. That's what he did. He was a space eater. He can sit there in the middle and crake on two guys. And now Stephen Cooper, the linebackers, could run downhill and make plays. A la when you see a guy in, with, with the San Francisco 49ers, one of Fred Warner, that's what makes him go. Because he's athletic and he can run and he can do things. But when you let a guard scoop up to him and now you put a 300-pound guard on a 240-pound linebacker, that's a mismatch. So the defense isn't doing its primary job to keep those linebackers full free. And the linebackers, if they're free, they got to be able to run and make plays and hit the gaps and stop the run. They haven't been able to do that. So now teams are running. Now teams are winning on first and second down in the run game. And now it's third down. Now yep. it's third and short, third and medium. And now you're two-dimensional. You can run our pass. And now you have Cleo Mack and those guys, your pass rushers, they've been there, and now they can't be fresh on third and down because it's third and two or three. Now the ball can come out of the quarterback's hands quick, and you don't have a chance. So the defense has to get way better. The defense has been a sieve. They got to get way better. And do you know what's even more concerning? The rare time that the Chargers do get their opposition into third and long, they've been bad, Right. They're among the worst teams in the league this season on third downs with eight or more yards to gain. 37% conversion rate for their opposition on third and eight and more. Y'all, that 
ain't good. Only the Buccaneers have been worse, all right? Also, the charges have been called for pass interferences on 3rd and 13, 3rd and 14, 3rd and 15. Those are not included in the aforementioned conversion rates. And listen to this. When the Chargers have busted coverage on these 3rd and longs, they have been absolutely gashed. So Lowe talked about you know being bad in the run defense and, and, and how that leads to 3rd and shorts. The rare times when they have 3rd and longs, they're not good either. It is impossible for your team to be good defensively. And it's tough to be a good football team when you can't stop the run and on the other side when you can't run the ball and all of that leads us to the question is how in the heck is this team four and three Lorenzo how yeah. is this team four and three this team and I talked to a lot of people their expected wins right now analytically they should have two wins this year so far and they are somehow four and three which is why it's still all in front of them but how do you have optimism right now seeing this, seeing this schematic flaws, seeing the injury issues where this can get fixed? Yeah, I think when you look at it and you say, okay, we're four and three, you press the reset. Reset means quit looking over your shoulder and do your job. Reset is let's go back to fundamentals. What made us who we are? We have a good quarterback. We can throw the ball. We can do some things. And Eckler was a pretty good running back. So how do I put him on one-on-one -on -one situations to create mismatches in the passing game? We got to think about how do we get rid of the ball? How do we put Eckler in a position that he can get see more touches if it ain't in the running game? You create the one-on-one -on -one matchups because he's too fast for linebackers, and you say, okay, let's go do this. Let's slide protection. Let's make him be free on that particular side so I can go one-on-one -on -one and see if he can beat. And if they bracket in him, then you say, let's try to find the middle of the field and find us. And then let's say, let's start up the play action. You go back this week and last week, and this is about setting up this team to say, what do we do to go back to the basic fundamentals? Lombardi needs to say, sure. how do we get back on track? Let's start with play action. By running the fake in the play action and handing the ball or even reading the ball, now the linebackers, they have to stop their feet and they have to adjust to the run. With that being said, the tight end has to act like he's blocking down and now slip because the linebackers stopped their feet for that particular time for that one thousand of a second, and he's already got to be right in the middle of the face. So now it goes from easy read, play action, boom, hit the middle of the field. Once the safety comes down and say, I'm going to rob that now, I got to make sure that I have a receiver that can beat him with the out or I got a slant behind that. So now I got him hitting the middle of the field, seaming. Safety's coming down to rob that. You got to have a slant behind that. And then you got to have some type of out route. So it's about route combinations and understanding what they're going to get. You're going to get man. You're going to get zone. You're going to get some type of different zones. And how do you beat those? And that's what you got to go to. You as, as a quarterback, as a quarterback guru, a coach, you got to start saying, let's go through progressions. Let's show what they're going to give you on first down. Most time it's cover two. What are teams going to give you on third down? They're going to play. If it's third and long, they're going to play cover four, cover eight. That's four, four across. Cover eight is four across in the middle and four across deep. When it's third and long, they're going to play cover eight. So where is the holes? Where is the cover four beaters? What is the cover two beaters? That's what this team needs to do. It's about hitting the reset. The reset means that we go through walkthroughs and we say, here's the coverages. Okay, receivers, here. A hot means that here it is. They're bringing a corner blitz because they want to get the ball out of your hand. This side, they're going to jump. So are we going to cut? Are you going to have the offensive line? Are they going to cut the receivers down where balls can't get batted down? Are you running a slant? Are you running a two-man combination where it's called scissors? That means they're going to cut. One guy's running a slant. The guy in the, the, the guy on the outside is running a slant. The guy on the inside is running a quick out. So now they have to rub each other so the defenders have to switch it off. 
and make them run through one another. If they're playing zone, then okay, they're playing zone. You motion your receiver that's in the far that's that's out wide. You motion him in, and if they motion with him, that means you got man coverage. Now you can return and run that razor comp combination where you do that flattened slant. Now if they don't, then you know it's zone. So if that's the case, if it's zone, then he stacks behind. And now when they release, they push, you push to the guy that's playing zone and now whips his head around and catches the ball. It's so, I mean, football is complicated, but it's so easy once you know what you're doing. So it's about reset and it's about going back to the basic fundamentals and finding what you do well, but you got to do it by design. And it's tough because Brandon Saley does know what he's doing, guys. Let's remember, he has a sound scheme. He proved that with the Rams. Vic Fangio has proven that this scheme has worked for decades at stops all around the NFL. But at the end of the day, right, it's one thing to have an understanding of this scheme. It's another. It's one thing to have that scheme on a whiteboard instructing it to your players. But it's another thing to translate that scheme to your players so they can execute that scheme consistently. And in Staley's defense, it doesn't help when the Chargers have had to deal with this injuries on this side of the ball at this level. I mean, Joey Bosa has been out since week three with a groin injury. J.C. Jackson is now out for the season after rupturing his patellar tendon against the Seahawks. He missed two games this season with an ankle injury. And listen, with J.C. Jackson, Lorenzo Neal, he was a very expensive free agent signing. And the Chargers were expecting J.C. Jackson to be a big, big, big part of their defense. And, you know, yeah. despite his early struggles... Um, you would hope that he was going to improve, and it hasn't been that way. And now it's an extremely long road to recovery, at least nine months after having surgery on Wednesday. So that's kind of the issue with the Chargers on both sides of the ball, and that led us Chargers fans into kind of the trade deadline the other uh, other day. And we saw lots of Chargers fans lobbying, um, complaining as to why the Chargers didn't make a move. You saw a lot of other teams in the AFC make a move. You saw Bradley Chubb go to Miami in that huge acquisition. You saw some other big-time moves. So there's two angles we can see this, Lorenzo Neal, why the Chargers didn't make a move. Angle number one is, is this team just not confident that they can make some noise so they don't want to gut their future in terms of draft capital? Or B, Brandon Staley said in his presser, we think we're going to get a lot of our guys back. They're just hurt. If they were out for the season, then we would make these trades, but they're not. Which one do you believe more? Uh, I, I think they're not good enough. I think the yeah. latter of the two. I mean, when you look at the team and see the inconsistency, even when guys were healthy, they weren't playing that well with everybody, even when Bosa and all the guys. So they weren't showing you. You never saw consistency, even against Kansas City defense offensively at times they there's some of the play calling some of the decision making so i don't think that i think it's the latter of the two this team like i said it's got to play press the reset and it's got to get better because when you look at bradley chubb and you think about how physical of a runner and what he does he can be break the arm top think about what a complimentary now you have two guys you have two starters you would have helped Eckler tremendously because you're not able to run the ball consistently and you're not able to save your defense. So now go get a chain mover. Bradley Chubb is a game changer and he's a chain mover. He runs physical. The Miami Dolphins, I like what they did. They understood. They got a young quarterback. They got a pretty good defensive front. And they said, if we go get a guy that can help us do ball control because we have weapons outside receiver, now we're going to be able to compete. And I think the Chargers had an opportunity to go in on a Bradley Chubb, a big physical type of back and a guy that can make it happen.
And here's another situation. When you take a look at this, this trade deadline, the Chargers are not a team that has a ton of money to spend, guys. Remember, this is a team that's, sure, they're in the Los Angeles market, but they've notoriously been a little bit frugal with how they spend, and they, they kind of went against traditional norm and, and brought out the Brinks trucks. But you have to take consideration to the salary cap situation. The Chargers only had about $4.97 million left in cap space this season. They're already projected over $3 million over the cap for next season. So they can make moves to get under the cap, like cutting Michael Davis, um, we'll talk about some other guys. I, I know Keenan Allen. I'll be an offseason story, but we're going to get into him a little bit later. But Tom Telesco has notoriously, notoriously not liked to trade draft capital, especially midseason. It's just kind of the DNA of who he is. He made calls around the league, but he didn't find it necessary, likely that a player was going to move the needle here. Listen, you saw some of these trades, Lorenzo. The Bears gave up a second-round pick to Pittsburgh for Chase Claypool. I mean, listen, Chase Claypool's a good receiver, but that is an extremely steep price for a player with moderate production, right? Like, yeah, it, I know it really I, was. It, it's, it's the truth. Like, I know Claypool's on his rookie deal and he's in line for an extension, but the Bears, for example, they had to do that. I mean, Justin Fields is getting just crushed out there. And he's, with all due respect, Darnell Mooney is his number one receiver. So I, I, that's a whole other discussion. But I don't Fields think is Chargers... playing well, though. I agree. But Fields, if you oh, look at oh, what he's oh. been able to do with the pocket, he's moving the pocket. They're you the coaching staff. I can say they're utilizing his athletic ability and Agreed. moving the pocket. They got him going play action and look at him hitting the windows open wide. That's what the Chargers. I mean, but you got to be able to run the ball. If you see Chicago, at least they're able to run the ball with Will some Herbert consistency. Is a bad yes. man. Yes. And my, my my this is low this this is actually an argument with my friends and I every day I was the crazy psycho who said that fields is the best in the class and maybe I'm still wrong but no. I, I, I something about him man I saw him against that Clemson game when he was at Ohio State and I truly believe that he he's in the worst situation he has he has the impact but he's yeah. I, I, you know what you you went out on the limb and I didn't see it but bro I'm telling you your 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 pick might come to fruition because when now when I watch the kid and watch his effort and the want to the want to. He's trying. I mean, watching him against New England, he wants to win. The guy goes all out. The guy has really, really got this. He's carrying this team, and they're fighting. He, they're, they're not a good team. They're still a ways away, but they're fighting. So it's interesting just to watch him. And that's what I'm shocked about when you look at a guy that the Chargers have in a quarterback when he took the league by storm, walked in, and now expectations are so high for him. He's underperforming. Oh, and yeah. the injuries got him too, but it's just like you had a guy that everyone talked about, Herbert, and what he can do and all these things, and he's went out here, bro. And, yes, Keenan's been hurt, and, yes, that's your go-to guy. And it's going to be interesting, like you said, the offseason because you can't make the you can't make the team, the club, in the tub. Yeah, you have, you, have too many, you have too many great players and too many players that can make plays on the Chargers that aren't available. If everything about you know being you got to be available. They don't have guys that are available that Herbert needs for his success. It just goes to show you, superstar a superstar can't win you Super Bowls. A superstar can win you a a game, a Super Bowl game if he just plays out of his mind a game. But superstars can't win you a season, and it's about having a team that a team wins you the season 
Tom Brady, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, his defense is playing horrible. The receivers aren't running routes. They're not getting in and not doing stuff. So you can have a superstar. They don't win you a season. They can win you a game, a big game, because they're everyone else play. But it's about team. And this team, the Chargers team, is not good enough right now for a superstar. And the superstar right now is struggling as well. So you got to have superstars, superstar can't win you a, 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 a season. And, 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 and guys, there are other options for the Chargers, but, you know, for, listen, the Chargers need help at, at wide receiver, okay? I don't want to say that the Chargers have, quote, bad wide receivers because they don't. Keenan Allen is an all-pro. It just sucks that he hasn't played this year. Mike Williams, we were fortunate enough to have him on the show. Awesome guy. He's been inconsistent at times this year. There's sometimes we talk about it. We talked about it to Mike. Some days he's incredible, and other days, you know, he, he's not as productive. But like, I see people like joking around on Twitter, like with Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow. Like, Joe Burrow throws a five yard slant to Jamar Chase, and he's housing it for 60 yards, and people are saying that's a Joe Burrow bomb. It's like, imagine if Herbert had a Chase or a Justin Jefferson or one of those guys. It would be absolutely electric. But you take a look at some other trades that were made around the league. Kansas City, guys, very sneaky trade. They gave up a third-round pick for Kadarius Toney from the Giants. This guy's one year removed from being a Giants first-round pick, top 15 pick in the draft, who's been injury-plagued. But this guy is so explosive. You're telling me Kansas City doesn't have a good chance of fixing this guy very quick? I mean, that's another great trade. I thought of a value proposition for the Chargers. Arizona only gave up a fifth-round pick to get Robbie Anderson. From the, from the Carolina Panthers, he has decent value. His speed would have helped the Chargers injured receiving group over the top. Jalen Guyton's out for the season. The only issue is Robbie Anderson's owed $12 million in 2023. It looks like the team was scared a little bit from him financially. But there were options, guys, to, to, to you know, to, to help this team. Elijah Moore from the Jets requested a trade, but the, but the Jets didn't deal him. What about Brandon Cooks? There were guys out there that the Chargers could have gotten to help right. Justin Herbert. And they, but apparently they never were going to make a desperation trade for a receiver, despite the outside noise. Keenan should be back soon. Mike should be back in a month. But I don't know if we're getting the production from those guys. And Coach Staley said he really wants to see that group out there together playing because that hasn't been able to happen this season. So what about the Lo, consistency? It, uh, real quick, I know what you're saying. You're absolutely right. But yeah. coach need to realize those guys haven't given you the consistency because of injuries. You look at teams that are saying that they have an opportunity. The Chargers and the Niners were in a typical situation, similar situations. What did the Niners do? They went on and got Christian McCaffrey and look what it's paid dividends. The Chargers aren't that far away. You have a Super Bowl talent team that, that you got to get that that has a chance to compete you're four and three you make desperate moves to show your fans and show that hey look we're not counting ourselves out yes i believe in the men but i need to go get some more guys that's going to insure me to have those insurance pieces that's going to help me get over the top here is one trade okay here's one trade that the chargers should have absolutely made that i am mad about absolutely made you ready for it i'm here it's Robert Quinn. The Ugh. Eagles traded for Robert Quinn. And all Howie Roseman gave up was a fourth-round pick. And this is a pass rusher in which the Chargers are missing Bosa right now until probably the end of the season. He's had a slow start this year, but he was one of the best pass rushers in the NFL last year. He's been one of the best pass rushers for the last half decade, and his cap hit was less than $700,000 for the season. This is GM Borner right here. It was right in front of you. 
Robert Quinn was the guy that this team needed to trade for. He's a free agent after the season. There's no future money to consider. He was a rental. He fits right into your scheme. You needed somebody opposite of Mac to increase his production again. The draft pick value aligned. That's the one where I'm like, low. Why didn't they do it? You know? Wow. So, Things that make you say, hmm. That's my That's future great. GM cap right there. I love it. I love it, man. Great show, brother. Oh, my God. It, yeah, so it's gonna be uh it's gonna be a wild run to the end of the 2022-2023 campaign, guys. Buckle up though, it's holiday season, Thanksgiving, get with your family soon. Lo, you ready for some turkey, some mashed potatoes? Absolutely, baby. Oh, Absolutely. Pie, baby. Come on. <laughs> You're the best. You got me fired up. You got me over your mouth starting to water. Don't forget your boy when you start that Thanksgiving. Big Lowe's coming down to grub bitch. You see what you're throwing down, baby. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir, Lorenzo. Listen, always a good time getting on the mic with you. We'll talk about Chargers Falcons when that game concludes probably early next week excited to watch this thing unfold man and guys remember it's going to be such a fun year in the NFL there's so much parody as Lorenzo said we have no idea who's going to be hoisting the Vince Lombardi trophy in February I know Lowe thinks it's going to be the Bills but we'll see man anything can happen in the NFL Lowe it's always good doing this with you brother hey you're the best man cheers go Chargers thank you for listening to Believe You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.